Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Singer. He is a certified financial planner. Uh, He is the president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning uh, based in Lynn, Massachusetts, and is the author of a new book called Don't Outlive Your Money in Retirement, Seven Key Steps. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Mark. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate you having me on. Give us a brief background about how you've come to where you are today. Well, it's interesting. Uh, Many years ago, seems like several lifetimes ago, when I was 27, um, I actually hired for myself a financial planner. And I didn't have any money at the time, but I knew there were things I didn't know. And I just felt that I needed to invest in myself to put myself on track. And several years later, I ended up in the industry. I've now been in the industry for 32 years. And because of where I came from, which was more about the planning than the money management per se, our focus is on the planning. And I think that our industry does many of your listeners a disservice and many people who listen to the advice that they give a disservice because I think so much of the advice they give and the guidance they give is, you know, beating the S&P and the Dow and money management and all of that. When the reality is you really gain confidence by doing the planning and the planning will tell you whether or not you are or are not on track. And if you are, you move ahead with what your goals are. And if you're not, you need to make the adjustments. And I find that most people don't really know exactly what day they can retire, what they can do in retirement, how they address the big fears of retirement. And it's the planning that gives them the answers. And that's where I really have a lot of fun. Let's take a look at kind of the broad view of where Americans are today with retirement. The baby boomers have been entering retirement now for the last few years. Are most of them in pretty good shape? They've saved up and up. They've got 401ks. The stock market's done really well. Real estate values have risen. Are most people in relatively good shape as they approach retirement today? Yeah, unfortunately, the answer is no. Um, We know that the average 401k balance is nowhere near the amount of money one needs for their nest egg. Um, Yes, the market has done well, but unfortunately, a lot of people got out or got part of their money out last year when the market cratered for those two, three, four weeks, and many just didn't ever get back in. We see that over and over again. It's just poor financial behavior. Um, The the flip side of that is there was a recent study done uh, just a week or two ago it came out. I think it was by Morgan Stanley, and they said something about the fact, oh, it was Forbes, excuse me, it was Forbes. And they said that, you know, America's done really well. They felt that, you know, uh, people had, you know, somewhere in the vicinity of five or $600,000 of assets as they were moving forward to retirement. And you know what, Jordan, that sounds like a lot of money. But unfortunately, again, our industry has not done us right Um, you really have to look at what that does for you in terms of an income perspective. And if you do it properly and using what we call the 4% rule, don't take more than 4% out of the portfolio, that five or $600,000 really only equates to 20 or $25,000 a year gross and add that to your social security. That's just not enough. So no, I, I don't think that most people 
are in the position that they need to be to pursue their goals, and many don't even know it. Another study came out from AARP, I think it was two years ago, that the majority of people who were facing normal retirement age, call it 66, 67, were deferring their retirement. And the number one reason they gave was because they didn't have enough money. Yeah. The other th- problem for people in retirement today is income because, uh, you know, CDs and money market funds are pretty much at zero. Uh, interest rates, even though they've risen with long treasuries up to 1.7 or so, most people in, in FDIC accounts get pretty much nothing. So what are you recommending for people who have some capital to earn a decent level of income in this very low interest rate environment? So it's a great question. Um if you have a long-term horizon, you want to put it into a balanced portfolio. Um, and, you know, whether it's 60-40, 50-50, uh, equities and fixed income, whatever it is that is appropriate for you. If you're looking for a specific investment or asset class, it's difficult right now. Uh, you know, CDs are paying 0. 0.0 what? Um you know, uh, as you mentioned, 1.7 on the 10-year. I mean, th- there really is no yield per se. Um, you can look at, you know, certain stocks that, you know, are good dividend-performing stocks. But then again, you do take on the risk of the movement of the price in the stock. It's a very difficult proposition. And I'll go you one further on this. If you listen to the experts in terms of their expectations over the next 10 years, with fixed income or bonds really yielding very little, even though uh, interest rates are starting to creep up, and with the expectation of the overall equity markets being, if you will, single mid-single-digit numbers, even a balanced portfolio is looking at, over the next 10 years, according to these experts, you know, four, five, six percent total returns. So, I think we have to think broader in terms of how we want to generate the income. And more importantly, your listeners need to know what income needs to be generated because we have to ask that question first before we go out and try to find, you know, the highest yielding um, fund or bond or stock. When you say look broader, what do you mean by that? What, you're looking at alternative investments that offer higher yields with some more risk? What, what do you mean by looking broader? You know, even even some of the uh, alternatives like the REITs, um, you know, uh, th- those are problematic right now because depending upon which se- sector within the REIT sector uh, may or may not have a, a, a good short-term future here. You know, th- there are some uh, energy-related plays that are uh, offering, you know, much higher yields. But again, you have to take a look at the up and downside of that. And remember, the a big difference between investing in fixed income, where you get that fixed income and you're pretty much assured that, you know, the price of it isn't going to fluctuate too much versus getting into an alternative, um, uh, an energy fund. You know, there are some global renewable funds. There are, there are different asset categories outside of the normal realm that the traditional broker would typically look at that now that you're going into retirement, you really need to take a look at as a part of an overall portfolio. Now, the title of your book is Don't Outlive Your Money in Retirement. 
it seems like if you're going to live a long time and your capital is whatever, say 500000 and you're earning 4% or 5%, uh, that you will outlive your money because uh, you're going to consume it at a faster rate than you're earning on it. So what is the solution so you don't outlive your money? Do a better job, first of all, before you retire in accumulating assets. <laughs> um, I think, you know, there's two, there's two um, areas of financial planning. The first is while you're working the accumulation years where, you know, you do as much as you can to focus on money management, typically take on, you know, a substantial amount of risk um, so that you can have that money to uh, draw down from when you go to retire in terms of income. When you go to retire, however, it moves into the distribution phase, and this is real, the real, where the real planning is, is a value to uh, your listeners. It, it, it's, it's more, again, you have to start with what is your need from a cash flow perspective. Then you need to generate the type of allocations that are appropriate for what your goals are. If you need a lot of income and you don't have a lot of money, more than likely, you're going to have to continue to work, go part-time, uh, start up a business to complement the Social Security and the income from the portfolio. But, it, you know, we, we tend to, I've learned over the years that having, quote-unquote, a lot of money is different for everyone. For many of my older retirees, you know, they were in the Fortune 500, 401k. They, they didn't have a pension, but they ended up with four, five, six hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars of assets because they slowly put money away over a long period of time. They didn't have a big need in terms of spending money. As we now, the baby boomers, are going to retire, we seem to like spending money more. And in as a result of that, we really have to look at having as much of a nest egg as possible. And if you can potentially, again, it gets back to planning because the, the, the question really is that lies within the question you gave me is, do you have enough money? Will you outlive it? Well, I don't know the answer to that until I know how much money do you have and how much are you going to spend and what kind of return are you going to have on the portfolio? So, you know, Am I going to be in a position to outlive my money? If we already know that, then we just have to be careful or work longer. Some don't like working longer, but if I'm the retirement doctor and you came to me and said, looks like I may run out of money, well, you have to change your lifestyle. You may not be have, having the you know dream retirement. You may have to cut back. You may have to take more risk with your portfolio. But it's all about taking a look at the bigger picture, not just fearing that you'll run out of money. What has been the impact of the pandemic in the last year on people's retirement plans? Has it changed when people have retired or their view towards retirement? What has been the impact of the pandemic? Great question. Um, I feel like the pandemic gave many a glimpse into what retirement will look like. You didn't have a place to go to. There was no work. You couldn't go anywhere. You were home with your spouse or partner 24-7. And it was like, oh my goodness, is this what retirement's going to be? Because the outside of uh, the number one fear of running out of money, the big, the other fear is what do I do with the rest of my life? And for many during this pandemic, it became clear for some that they didn't really have a plan or things to do to fill 
the rest of their life in order to pursue a fulfilling retirement. So it's been a wake-up call for a lot of people. Absolutely. And I think that for many, um, it has meant that they are going to, well, I won't say for many. I've had many conversations where the definitions have been different. Some have decided they wanted to retire earlier. Some have seen what retirement could be because they couldn't go anywhere and said, I want to work longer. So it's all across the board, and it's a very personal decision. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mark Singer. He's the president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning based in Lynn, Massachusetts. His, his book is called Don't Outlive Your Money in Retirement, Seven Key Steps. And you can find out more at his website, which is 55retire.com. We'll be back after this. There have now been so many people dying this year of COVID, now over 500,000, that it's causing enormous financial distress for survivors who are left behind. Many people do not have close enough to save, close enough uh, to the amount saved up to be able to maintain their lifestyles when the breadwinner of the household dies of COVID or any other cause. You really don't want to leave your spouse and kids with a huge financial burden that they can't handle. The simple solution is to get a life insurance policy, which will pay those who depend on you a death benefit if you die. It makes sense why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay a little bit each month to protect the ones you love? If you're asking yourself this question, choose Ladder. Ladder makes it impressively fast and easy to get covered. You just need a few minutes and a phone call or laptop is all you need to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you find out instantly if you're approved. No hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. And since life insurance costs more as you age, now's the time to cross it off your list. So lock in your best rate today and get your family covered with Ladder. Go to ladderlife.com slash moneyanswers. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash moneyanswers. Ladderlife.com slash money answers and make sure you have enough life insurance. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's MyPassiveIncome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. 
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Singer. He is a certified financial planner, president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning in Lynn, Massachusetts. His book is called Don't Outlive Your Money in Retirement, Seven Key Steps. And you can find out more at his website, 55retire.com. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Thanks, Jordan. So let's go through the seven key steps. The first one is to find, define your income needs. Now, if you're many years from retirement, how can you realistically know what your spending is going to be like? You don't know what you're going to be spending it on or what prices are going to be and so on. So how do you define your income needs years before you actually retire? So the majority of this type of planning for us with the clients that we have are those who are you typically start in their mid to late 50s. And at that point, you have some sense of what those expenses are. If you're in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, then you're not really planning for, in this way, retirement. You're more focused on the money management issue. Not to say that budgeting and cash flow isn't important to understand from a a week-to-week and month-to-month basis. But when you're in your mid-50s, you start to get a good sense of what your needs are. And we break it down into two different areas. One is the you know, the fixed expenses, you know, the mortgage, utilities, you know, food, uh, groceries, uh, um, uh, entertainment, etc. And then we make sure that we ask our clients to create their bucket list. And the reason why this is important is because when I ask a lot of people about their retirement, they say that what they want to do is travel. And that's great. We all do when they let us out again. But the problem is, from a planning perspective, I can't put just travel in the plan. So what I ask my clients to do is to be more specific. And for one example, you know, I want to take my grandkids in five years to Disney and we're going to spend $15,000. And in that way, I can literally put in a bookmark into the plan that in five years, there'll be an expenditure of $15,000. And the reason that's important is because the way we put it is we want to take the mystery out of the decision-making process. The question is, if I spend the money today or in five years from Disney, how will it impact my ability to pursue all my other goals? So again, Be as specific as you can, put that number, quantify what that bucket list item is so that when you put it in there, you can see whether or not it does or does not have an impact on your ability to pursue later goals. Your step number two is to maximize Social Security benefits. Uh, You say there are many, many different strategies, like 567 different claiming strategies. So how do you figure out uh, what the best way to do it is? I think a ton of people, I don't know, 40, 50 percent start claiming it at age 62, the moment they're able to claim it. And that, you're probably saying that's the wrong thing to do. How, how do you figure out the way to maximize your Social Security benefits? Yeah, according to Social Security Administration, it's somewhere between 35 and 40% claim it as early as they can because they can. 
And unfortunately, people don't recognize uh, the impact of that, particularly um, if you are married and your spouse, uh, when you die, is going to be claiming a widow's benefit at some point down the road. That spouse would be staked at the age that you took Social Security. In other words, if you take it at 62, you take a significant reduction in your benefit versus if you waited till you were full retirement age, which for most people is between age 66 and 67. So if you're doing spousal planning, it's very important. Household income planning, very important when you're thinking of taking care of your surviving spouse that you make the right decision on Social Security. Not a lot of people think about that. You know, it, it, at full retirement age between 66 and 67, you know, um, that's typically a good time to start thinking about it. A, a, a study was done, I think it was last year or the year, last year. Uh, by United Income that indicated that 96% of people take it at the wrong time and that 43% of them should take it before age 70. I'm not suggesting that you wait all the way to age 70, but the real question is based on how much income you need, how much you have in your portfolio, how much income you'll get from the portfolio, and what the required minimum distribution will be at age 72. You need to take all of that into consideration in addition to your health and life expectancy to come up with which of the 567 different strategies is best for you. And the way we do it is we have seven different calculators and run them through the calculators and come out with a number. And then it's interesting sometimes, Jordan, you know, even though we might come up with a maximized number, there's still an emotional uh, aspect involved in making these decisions. So sometimes, you know, even so when the, it says, you know, don't take it till you're 68 or 69, the client might say, you know what, I, I still want to take it a little bit earlier. All we do is really inform and guide. And then the client makes their own intelligent decision. But it, it could cost upwards of two hundred to $250,000 for a couple over their lifetime in household income if they make the wrong decision. What is the reason you want to wait until age 70. Why, why would that make sense? And, and is that something that makes sense for an awful lot of people? So if you wait to 70, now if you, if, you, if you start at full retirement age as the benchmark, if you take it early, each year you take it early, you get a haircut, okay? If you defer it from for your full retirement age, let's assume it's 66 and you wait to 70, you get an 8% increase each and every year guaranteed plus any inflation. So let's call it, the, the trustees call it 2.6% is the inflation they're assuming looking forward. So you could potentially get a 10% simple interest increase every single year that you delay it to age 70. The difference between 62 and 70, just to give you an example, it's a 75% difference in the benefit itself. Now, the argument to take it at age 62 or 63 is, well, I, I, I will get more checks, and therefore I like that, and I can, I can take it earlier. But if you're working and you're before full retirement age, you'll have more taxes and more withholdings as a result of taking it earlier. And if you take a look at the break-even point, it's typically about a 13-year, 12 to 13-year break-even point. In other words, if I take it at 66... I'm ahead of the game if I live past the age of 78. 
versus if I had taken it at 62. So most people, if you take, again, you have to take into account health and your life expectancy. If you have a uh, health issue or you expect your life expectancy to be shorter, there is a reason why you may want to take it earlier, not necessarily at 62, but maybe wait till full retirement age. What is your view on the uh, health of Social Security? It's not an issue that people have been talking about very much. Um, nothing's been done since basically 1983 about it. Right, right. Uh, you know, if nothing's done, are we going to have a crisis? Do you think they're going to raise taxes? Are they going to lower benefits? What's going to happen? And is there ever going to be political will to make changes necessary to make it more financially solvent? So that that is the underlying reason why many people feel they want to take it early, because they want to take it earlier in the event that Social Security goes bankrupt. Now, the, the trustees have their report. There's another independent report that shows that if nothing is done, that the Social Security Administration will only be able to, to guarantee approximately 79 to 80% of what they're paying today at about 2036 or 2037 thereabouts. So in about 15 years, if nothing is done, then the benefit you are getting will only be able to be 80% of that benefit. However, I mean, we tend to, and Congress certainly does, tend to things at the last minute. Um, and Social Security was always that third rail that, you know, legislators were never able to touch because, you know, now that the constituencies are getting older and older, they don't want to take away benefits from their elder constituents. But the reality is, we have to make changes, and they can come in several different forms. It can be higher taxes. It could be um, a, a difference in the cost of living adjustments. They could take that away. And that, and, you know, if you if you think about pensions, and you think about Social Security as a pension versus a regular pension, the pensioners typically do not get cost of living increases. That's actually one of the downsides of pensions that you end up, in a sense, losing more value on your money each and every year. Where Social Security has been able to bolster that again, you know, the administration's looking at about a two and a half percent increase each year. Um, uh, looking forward, do you think something's going to get done? I mean, absolutely. So it what, has what, to. Are you, it what has are you expecting? You're well, you, you, the, can, you uh, can raise the taxes, or what you do you can raise the cap, okay? And and there'll be a higher cap on uh, Social Security uh, in the current administration. They're looking for higher taxes on on uh, those who are earning over either two fifty or four hundred thousand um, dollars. There are all sorts of different. You can extend, like they said back in 1983. You know they were going to extend the uh, full retirement age, which really didn't get um, executed till many years later. But there's numbers of different moving parts that can be done. I don't see anything happening in the next two, three, four, five years. Um, I just don't think that's uh, particularly with what's happened with COVID and, and, and the balance sheets that we're going to be looking at with the trillions of dollars of debt that we're, we're, we're uh, accumulating. But I, I don't see that legislators can just let this slip as they have as we get closer to the ledge. Yeah, very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mark Singer. He's a certified financial planner. He is the president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning based in Lynn, Massachusetts. His website is 55retire.com, and his book that we're discussing is Don't Outlive Your Money in Retirement, Seven Key Steps. We'll be back after this. 
Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Singer. He's a certified financial planner, president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning, based in Lynn, Massachusetts. His book is called Don't Outlive Your Money in Retirement, Seven Key Steps. And you can find out more at his website, 55retire.com. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Thanks, Jordan. Your website is 55retire.com. That's not very common these days for people to retire at 55. Is that, <laughs> is, is that what you think is happening out there? No, actually, to give you the backstory on that, I, I, I entered into this business at the age of 30. Um, actually, that's not true. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that sounds about right. And um, I thought that 55 would be a good time for me to retire. Um, I'm now past that, and um, my, my friends joke now that I have to have a sequel to my um, website. It ha- now has to be www.65retire. But um, no, I don't, you know, I, I hear 55 from people who are much younger, and I think there's an unrealistic uh, movement going on from the millennials that their thought is that they want to retire at a very early age. Um, And I guess that if they invested in Bitcoin or GameStop and got in and out at exactly the right times, then maybe they were able to make the fortune they were looking for. But for the vast majority of people, I don't think that that's realistic. I think the the basic tenets of uh, financial planning and retirement planning still hold true. And that for most people, uh, having enough years to accumulate the money is going to be a key to the success for uh, a good outcome in retirement. I assume you're familiar with the so-called FIRE movement, the uh, financial yes. independence retire early. Yes. 
What do you think? Is that realistic for a lot of people to be able to, to meet the fire goals? Um, if I want to maintain the lifestyle I wish to maintain, the answer would have been no. Um, you know, again, it gets back to what cash flow do you need and what lifestyle are you going to want to live? You know, if you're going to be spending like some millennials do, you know, the way that they do, they're going to need a lot of money in order to, um, uh, get the income that they need for a much longer period of time. Uh, so maybe the definition of retirement is, is different, maybe in, in FIRE, which is really what I was referring to initially, um, is that maybe they go do other things other than their official retirement to generate the income they're going to need. But no, I, I don't think it's it's feasible for most. Because it's got quite a bit of uh, adherence, and basically they're saying cut your expenses super dramatically, uh, create a multi-million dollar business or invest in Bitcoin and you can retire by 35 or something like that. You don't think that's realistic. How many millennials do you know who wish to cut their expenditures significantly? They talk about it. Not not millennials. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, very few people, you know, that want to not do anything, right? I mean, we want to go out and do and enjoy. Um, so I... I my moniker all along has been enjoy the journey. And in order to do that, I have to have money and I have to have cash flow to do the things I want to do and pursue the bucket list I wish. Um, I, I just have a different view of it. And I honestly don't believe that uh, most people are going to be able to do that. So you talk about your seven steps. Your third step is to define your personalized investment benchmark. Uh, such as how much risk you need to take for your portfolio. So how do you do that? Again, at a time when you take very little risk, you're going to get very, very low returns. So it seems like most people are willing to take more risk to get the returns they need so they don't outlive their money. Well, two things here. First off, I find that most people don't know what kind of risk they are even taking. I've had numbers of people in my office where I ask them on a scale of 1 to 10 how they think they're doing, 1 conservative, 10 aggressive. They'll give me an answer of 4 or 5 and then find out that they got 98% equities in their 401k plan. Um, so uh, most people don't really know what kind of risk they have taken. And again, this is where I think the industry has done it very wrong. I think the industry has done your listeners a disservice. While we're working, you know, most of the conversation is about money management and we want to, you know, get as much of a retirement nest egg as possible. So oftentimes it's about beating the benchmarks, you know, the Dow, the S&P, the IFA, whatever. But when you go to retire, that's no longer important. And this is what our industry doesn't tell you. Now what you have to do is invest based on how much income need you have. And for, I got to be honest with you, for most of my clients, and you know, maybe they were looking for sevens, eights, tens, twelves while they were in their working years. While they're in their retirement years, in the distribution phase now, after doing the planning and coming up with their personalized investment benchmark, what they find is they only need 3, 5, 6% total return in order to generate the income they're going to need in retirement. So the, the question is not so much how much, how much risk should I be taking with my portfolio? It's how much income do I need to generate from the portfolio and then generate the proper asset allocation from there? You know, the risk comes in, in really in two different ways. You mentioned, you know, people who are um, 
uh, take take a uh, not a lo- enough risk in the market. So people think sometimes when they go to retire that they retire their money management and they no longer are invested and they'll be fine and they don't have to take on any risk. Well, typically that means you'll deplete your assets over time. Then there are those who are taking on more risk than they should, which may mean, and one of the things we don't tell you again as you retire, not only when the markets go down does your portfolio go down, but if you are retired and the portfolio goes down and now you're taking income from it, it's a double whammy. And it becomes very, very difficult to overcome when both the the portfolio goes down and you're taking income. So the reality is you need to take on only that amount of risk necessary to generate the income you're going to need. Your step number four is to align your goals with your investment financial decisions. So does this mean you have to change your goals? Say you figure out you, you should take less risk. You have to change the goals that you're looking for, make them more realistic? Certainly, you know, if it turns out when you do the planning that you're not on track, you have to make adjustments. And those adjustments, you know, there are several. One is you could adjust your goal. Uh, Maybe you don't go to Disney in five years. Maybe you push it out to 10 years. Um, Maybe you don't look for a 5% return on the portfolio and that type of allocation, and you look for seven or eight. Um, maybe you go and instead of uh, retiring fully, you go and get some part-time work. Um, I, I suggest to a lot of people the, the part-time work because, again, we talked about one of the biggest fears in retirement is, and particularly for those who have enough money, it's what do I do with the rest of my life? I've got one client who's down on the Cape, and when the deli was open, he would go down to the deli three mornings a week for three hours each morning not because he wanted to get paid. It was just a place to go to, to, if you will, dish out the baloney, right? Both literally and physically. Um, he needed a place to go and some way to fill his time. He wasn't doing that per se for money. But if you do the planning and you find out you're going to be twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 short per year and you don't have other alternatives, then maybe you go to Home Depot or Lowe's, and you work 20 hours a week to try to generate that extra income. Your step number five is to minimize the tax impact on your portfolio. So is your expectation that taxes are going to rise and therefore you need to do more tax planning than in the past when we've had quite low tax rates? Twofold. Quick answer is yes. Um, The tax rates will certainly, in my uh, opinion, rise. We are at historically low rates. But more importantly, Um, People don't identify which accounts they need to generate the income from in order to be tax efficient. In other words, sometimes it's okay to take it out of the taxable account. Sometimes it's okay to take it out of the retirement account. And the retirement account is important because, as we mentioned before, the required minimum distribution up until last year was 70 and a half. And as a result of last year's legislation, they moved that back to 72. But you have to recognize you're going to have to take out about three and a half percent of your retirement assets when you're 72. So when you do the planning, you start to figure out what income do you need and when. We, we sort of stage this out for our clients and we start with from 65 to 72 and we identify what income do you need and where should it be coming from. 
the reason we use 72 is because that's when required minimum distributions come out. In other words, if you have a million dollars, you're going to have to bring out $35,000 for the required minimum distribution. And you need to take that into account. If you need income, you need to identify which of your accounts you're going to take it from. Again, we talked about Social Security. Social Security may help you to defer the tax bite that may be as a result of taking it out of your retirement account. But it's so much more than just, oh, I need to reduce my taxes. And more importantly, now that we're in tax season time, um, you know, now I guess it's no longer April 15th. What is it, May 17th now this year um, as they extended it? To go to your accountant and to ask him or her that question, I think is a mistake to say, hey, I need to figure out how to reduce my taxes. You know, with um, I don't mean to t- tell you the accountants don't know the answer, but I will tell you that they are typically historians. They tell they tell you what happens last year. They don't typically tell you from a proactive perspective how to make those changes or adjustments to where you take the money from for this upcoming year, and that's where I think you know a good financial advisor can help you out. You talk about the income faucet as a way of taking money out and avoiding taxes. What do you mean by the income faucet? Again, uh, if you have three or four different buckets, being able to turn the faucet on or off, uh, depending upon where it needs to come from. Maybe sometime you need to turn the, the income faucet on from the personal and taxable accounts because it may cost you less in taxes to take it out from there versus turning the faucet on at age 72 from the IRA because all monies coming out of your IRA that were pre-taxed will now be taxed at your ordinary income rate. So it typically costs you more. So the income faucet can be your part-time income, it can be your social security, it could be income from rental income, it can be income from your personal accounts, income from your retirement accounts. You all ha- you have to account for it all and Again, relating it back to what your needs are. President Biden is talking about changing taxes, including uh, getting rid of the stepped-up basis for estate planning, uh, potentially raising capital gains rates to regular income rates, raising the top uh, income rate uh, from 37% up higher. Do you think those have a chance of, of happening? If so, how would that check would change tax planning? Uh, it would be the full retirement uh, act for all estate planning attorneys because everything would have to be redone. Um, I, I think it would have a significant impact on the wealthy. Um, you know, for those, you know, I'm in Massachusetts. You know, we still have a, a, a state death estate tax. Um, it would just mean different planning. There may be more uses for life insurance. There may be more need for more people to cover the um, uh, liability or the future liability. But I think all of that is up in the air at this point. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mark Singer. He's a certified financial planner, uh, president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning based in Lynn, Massachusetts. Uh, His book is called Don't Outlive Your Money in Retirement, Seven Key Steps. And you can find out more at his website, 55retire.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Singer. He's the president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning. His book is called Don't Outlive Your Money in Retirement, Seven Easy Steps. His website, 55retire.com. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Thanks, Jordan. Now, you have a quiz called the Retire Now Quiz, uh, which people can find out about at retirenowquiz.com. Tell people what's involved in that quiz and what, what happens if they fill it out. So as we go through the seven steps, the underlying question really is, how well have I done in preparing for retirement? And that's really what this quiz addresses. It's a quick two-minute quiz that once you go through the 15 quick questions, we will score for you which one of the three stages of retirement preparedness you are in and what you need to do. And in addition to that, Jordan, because I really, you know, I I like to just add as much value as possible to to the people who are, you know, taking the time to fill out the quiz. Um, I'll give them the first chapter of the book for free. And within that first chapter, there are two worksheets that will help to provide some additional clarity in terms of where you are for preparedness for retirement. So, again, that's retirenowquiz.com for a quick two-minute quiz. We've been going through the seven steps. Step number six is legacy planning. So this is taking care of things when you're not around anymore. Is this basically estate planning or what what is involved in legacy planning and, and what should people do to make it happen? You know, typically, if you do work with a financial advisor, you know, during your working years, again, it's about money management. Do I have enough income to retire? And typically, the conversation ends then. But when you go into retirement planning, and that's what we do as a specialty, really the second biggest financial question we get is how to take care of the surviving spouse. And that deals with um, proper social security selection, often proper pension selection for those who still have pensions available to them, municipal workers, teachers, whatever, um, making the right choice there to make sure that the surviving spouse is taken care of is such a huge, huge component in the overall planning. So the way I think about it is the two of you are together here, hopefully healthy, we take care of you. 
then one of you passes needing to make care, take care of the surviving spouse, making, taking care that he or she has enough money to pursue their lives and isn't backed into a corner, you know, in order to having to sell the house. And then he or she passes away and then we have to take care of the kids or the grandkids or whatever it is. So I don't do estate planning, but as a certified financial planner, we certainly discuss estate planning. And it's not just the documentation. It's not just the wills, the durable powers, the healthcare proxies. It's also having conversations about whether or not there's a need for life insurance, whether you've taken a look at long-term care insurance as a means of protecting and preserving your assets. Um, unlike many uh, of my uh, peers, I don't believe, by the way, that life insurance until the laws change really is a big need. There's really only two needs in retirement for life insurance. One, if you have a pension and you die and your pension dies with you, your spouse needs some extra money, therefore life insurance. And if you have an estate death tax that is large enough that it's going to impact the estate, then buy the life insurance to to make the estate whole again. So I'm not a real big proponent in retirement necessarily of life insurance, but I think the conversation about long-term care insurance is something that everybody should have and make an intelligent decision about. Step number seven is lifelong monitoring. So this is something people can do themselves or they need a financial planner to monitor how things are going? The answer is yes. In other words, if you can do it on your own, great. Um, if you if you can't hire a certified financial planner in your area or uh, in, in in this world where everything is now virtual, I mean we we work in I don't know about thirteen or fourteen different states right now. We have clients, so there there are no um, hurdles anymore that you have to come into the office because we're a virtual world. Um, but to do the planning initially, to set the assumptions, to see whether or not you're on track. There's only one thing I'm going to make as a guarantee to you. Things will change. So every six months, at least we do with our clients, we have formal conversations to find out what's changed in their lives, you know, how they're thinking about things. Have there been new kids, grandkids, you know, new bucket list items? Um, How are they thinking about the market? What's their income need? I mean, it's really important that that plan is something that's really fluid, changes and is reflective of where you are at this moment with your life. Same goes, by the way, for estate planning. Many people set it and forget it. And I have a lot of conversations with my clients and they go, oh, yeah, we did our will. Well, how long ago? Oh, it was uh, 20, 25 years ago. Well, has life changed since then? Well, yeah, well, maybe you ought to update it and get back to your estate planning attorney. Same goes with, you know, a good retirement planning um, expert in this business. You should be having formal conversations, probably no less than every six months. If you need to do it once a year, that's fine. We've been talking about the financial aspect of retirement, but how about the lifestyle aspect of it? How to figure out in advance how to fill your time so you feel fulfilled, because a lot of people... They're at their jobs, they quit their jobs, and they have a big void. They don't know what to do. How can you have a a better transition to something that's more meaningful? So the forward in my first book, the one you're referencing is my fourth, was a story about a client who could retire. And when we did the plan, after 35 years of working in the insurance agency, she was all set financially. A month later, she comes back into my office, supposed to have done the paperwork to, to, to kick off retirement, and she's crying her eyes out. 
go, what's going on? She says, I, I can't leave. I've, this is my second home. I, I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So for her, the realization that she was financially secure wasn't enough. She needed to make sure that she tended to the emotional, the home, the personal, the spouse, the rest of the time. Some people, you know, some of my clients spend three or four days a week, you know, babysitting the grandkids and it's wonderful for them. Some of them, you know, golf four or five days a week. Some of them volunteer. Some don't have anywhere else to go. And you really now have to balance the home life, and again, we saw a little bit of that in the pandemic here, um, and all that time that you had devoted to pursuing your goals um, in, in your business or in the corporate business, now you've got to figure out, how am I going to get fulfilled in this next chapter of life? And that is as big a fear and as big a concern as is running out of money. We have about two minutes to go. What kind of difference would it make in people's life and long-term view of their life to do the kind of planning that, and the steps you take as opposed to the way most people do don't plan it and you know kind of end up in retirement without having much of a plan at all quick answer for you i remember reading an article i don't know six seven months ago that there was some woman who had a 401k plan and the market went down and she she decided that she wasn't go on, going to go on vacation anymore uh, because the market went down you, you, you will not ever have complete and total confidence if all you do is rely on your investments because the market is going up and down all the time. It is the underlying planning that will give you the guidance to know whether or not you can pursue your goals and whether or not if you spend the money today, it'll still be there tomorrow. Very good. So uh, you think it's possible for a lot of people who have gotten off to a late start to catch up and have a plan so when they get to retirement, uh, it, it's much better than it would be without a plan? I never take a look backwards. When I see a client, where are we today? What are we doing looking forward? And how can we put you in the best position to pursue that retirement that you'll enjoy? And particularly in light of the pandemic coming out of it, you think people have a better chance of understanding what retirement's going to be like since they've almost lived it to some extent. I think we all have a new perspective on life right now, and hopefully they took it to, to task. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Mark Singer. He is a certified financial planner, president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning based in Lynn, Massachusetts. His book is called Don't Outlive Your Money in Retirement, Seven Key Steps, and we went through all seven steps. You can also take the quiz he talked about, which is the Retire Now quiz at retirenowquiz.com and also find more about what Mark does at his website, 55retire.com. Thanks so much for being on the Money Answer Show, Mark. Jordan, appreciate the time and hope your listeners got as much as they could out of this. Thanks so much and we'll be back again next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.